If you want to cure boredom, be curious. If you're curious, nothing is a chore. It's automatic. You want to study. Cultivate curiosity and life becomes an unending study of joy. This quote is from Anthony Robbins from Awaken the Giant Within. I'm Raleigh. And I'm Danielle. And this is Unstuck, the special ed podcast. Hey, it's it's been a minute, huh? It's been a little while. And yeah. we're virtual today. We're trying this thing out. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's gonna go great. I, I heard you wanted to share a quote from one of our favorite artists, Pink. Yeah, I, I would have used this in the intro, but we we discussed how this might feel a little clunky, but it's it's simply I'm not here for your entertainment by the great mad marvelous, magical, wonderful pink. And why would you why would that quote be fitting for, for today? Well, so as we, as I uh, quoted in the intro, we're talking about boredom today um, and some different offshoots of that as well. But I often say in my head, even if I don't say it out loud at work, I'm not here to to entertain you. I'm not here for your entertainment. I'm not here to be the traveling circus that um, is just for fun for my students. Obviously, I love to have fun and I think that's a huge part of learning, but our jobs as educators and, you know, et cetera, in a school setting is not to make sure our students are entertained from the minute they walk into the minute they leave. And that sometimes education and learning is not the most fun thing they're ever going to do, but it's just part of the experience of being a child, being a student. So I just thought that was a fitting quote. I think it's very fitting. And I think too, like, I feel like kids, yeah, they expect to be entertained all day. And there are moments in time where they're going to like something and other kids aren't. And there are times where they're not going to like something and other kids are. And I think as engaging as a teacher, as engaging as you try to make your lessons, it's not a hundred percent a hit most times. Right. Well, there's been such a shift. I mean, not to sound like the oldest person in the room, but you know, there was a time as I was a student growing up and being in elementary and middle school and high school that it would have seemed absolutely outlandish and ridiculous to criticize a teacher or a lesson in the moment. Um, obviously, we didn't all love everything we were doing all the time. But the idea that you just felt it was your you were entitled to have that opinion in that moment and speak that out loud and share that with everyone would just have been something you wouldn't do. And it's certainly not to say that kids can't advocate for things that might be more of interest to them, but it's also part of the experience of being a student is learning how to follow through with something that may not be your favorite thing, because life is not just a series of enjoyments and, per and preferred activities. So learning how to sit with the feeling that this isn't what you really want to do. This may not be your best topic of interest, but there are means to an end for certain academic blocks or certain lessons. Um, and also just that sort of respect for the teachers and the, and the education professionals that they are putting this together and putting the time and effort into it for it to be minimized or disregarded um, is just a really, it just, I think it creates a, a more difficult environment in the classroom. Well, and when I used to teach with more kids with more behavioral reactions to things, I remember I used to use that a term all the time or like some semblance of a term all the time where I'd be like, or a phrase where I'd say like, I hate waiting in line. 
I hate mm-hmm. looking for parking spots. It's very right. boring to me, but I'm not getting out of the car and running after people, or I'm not like yelling out in the middle of the bank. Well, no one goes to a bank anymore. We've established <laughs> that before, but like in the middle of the grocery store in the self-checkout line, I'm not like yelling out because there's a line to, or people are being inefficient and it's boring me. Like mm-hmm. you have to find ways to manage. You have to inhibit those impulses. Yeah. And you have to find ways to, to manage that. And I think this is, I think we'll talk or now we can talk about it, but like when we talk about like the access to technology, so, mm-hmm. so easily, like, yes. I mean, I feel like when I used to write checks at Stop and Shop. Oh gosh. Which really <laughs> honestly to those listening was not that long ago. <laughs> it was much more recent than it really should have been. <laughs> um, But I didn't have access to technology in the same way it's available today. We didn't have like internet on our phones right. uh, at the time. Like you could text people, but it was like the, what is it? Not, what's the keyboard that you had to like do it three times to get to a Oh, seat? like, yeah. When you had the, the flip phones. And Analog the, or not. It, yeah. I don't know. You know. But yeah, when you knew. Anyway, it was just a different time. And I feel like now when I, when I wait now, I'm like, oh, let me just check social media. Well, right. I mean, so there's so many aspects to that that are very like real world, real life versus just being a student in school. And I, I often call it the TikTok generation. And I don't know if that's something that has already been coined by someone, but you know what? I'm just going to say it. I, that's what I think is happening. I think when kids are watching TikTok videos, whether it's on TikTok, on YouTube, when they're watching things in their spare free time, they can just, oh, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Like it's, 20, 30 seconds of, of attention. And then it's move on, move on, move on. Oh, I don't like that. What's next. I don't like, and we're, they're, we're getting so used to as a general society being entertained or being able to turn that on, turn that off, you know, move through this quickly. I don't like this. I do like that. I'll replay it again. Cause I liked it. I'm going to get through it. Cause I didn't. And when other things in your life don't sync up quite that quickly and aren't moving so quickly through to what you want, I think it's, the attention span and the ability to tolerate not doing something preferred or not having something captivate your interest is really challenging. It's challenging for my students who are, you know, some of the the kids that are the most vulnerable and have, you know, more challenges. But I think even for the more neurotypical kids in public school settings to be able to just tolerate that someone else is speaking, this is not your favorite thing, and there are expectations to follow after that. And should you finish early, what can you do to occupy your time? How do you create, how do you grow from that experience of the time that you're given to study something, whether you love it or not, and the time that you're left to fill when you've maybe finished the assignment? Yeah, and I think when we were looking at... um information about boredom that is like one of the key pieces that I think you know boredom boredom does have some benefits and I think with us not having access to technology when we were younger we had to find ways to entertain ourselves and be imaginative and creative and just really think through and problem solve and I think those are some benefits to being bored and when um yeah, increasing problem solving strategies, building your tolerance, like you said, to to those moments. I think all of those things are missing. And how do you fill that gap of helping kids think critically or creatively, et cetera? Um, And, you know, and not to not to knock the video games that do involve other people playing it, but oftentimes 
the tech aspect is a very solo enterprise. It's one person engaging with a piece of technology, a video game, some kind of, you know, they're looking up things. And it's really about that person and their individual interests in that moment. When you take that away and you offer other options, like I always think back to um, pre everybody having tech in the classroom, your classroom, when you had cash-ins for kids to earn multiple times a day, a little cash-in menu. And obviously at that time, nothing was tech. So it was, what type of board game do you want to play? What coloring pages are you going to do? What craft do you want to do? It was also time for kids that had special nuanced interests to be able to capitalize on those. So we had a student, a mutual student who liked cleaning jewelry. So, hey, you can earn through your behavior and your being on track all day, you can earn time to clean jewelry. So it was a way to capitalize on interests and build skills, but also to get kids engaged in socializing. Like maybe one of the big ticket items was playing a board game. I actually um, have a teacher right now that I work with who is doing some of that stuff more like board games that I feel like we have gotten so far away from. And the amount of social emotional learning and executive functioning that gets worked on through board games is immense. And, you know, even the fine motor piece, if you want to get into the OT route, you know, more of the speech and language nuance, there's so much there. It's so robust and rich for that type of learning to be able to say, Hey, we all finished our work early. Let's play payday monopoly. You know, let's play a game that involves some of the skills we just worked on in math and do that as your time filler. Yeah, I mean, I think that is it. There's so many benefits to that. And I agree with you. I mean, obviously, but in terms of the tech piece, it's so I mean, there are so many other factors to the outcome being boredom because they don't have access to that stuff. But that individualized piece of it is really, I think, hindering some of our societal norms now. And so like as kids who have had unlimited or somewhat unlimited access to technology or have grown up with it, I feel like it has become such a different environment now where there is so much less socialization when you're out and people do awkward and quirky things. <laughs> it feels like more often because they don't have the same, um, the same up. I mean, we sound so old, but upbringings <laughs> like well, it's, it's, I notice it in so many, cause I am, you know, as much as I do have a cell phone, I'm not a tech person, as most people who know me know. I'm not always on my phone. I'm not on a ton of social media. I don't have a ton of apps. I don't mind sitting and thinking in a situation. Like if I'm at the dentist's office and I'm waiting for 20 minutes to see the dentist, I don't mind sitting and just thinking. But like I am, that's not the norm. We immediately get on our phone. And like when you're, and again, not to like get too far, but I think these do cross pollinate the boredom and the tech piece. And, and I mean, I go so far as calling it a tech addiction. I think, you know, not to be so extreme, but I think that I have a lot of students who you could call them tech addicted. It is a serious issue. And I think that fits into the boredom piece because it's also, you know, rush, rush, rush to get through what I need to get through so I can get this piece of technology to do something that I want to do. And you're just getting further away from how are you con doing conflict resolution with other people? How are you learning to be creative with what you have? How are you learning to, you know, take turns, interact, social exchange, like all of that, even when we're out in the community, and you're like, you know, you're talking about standing in line. Everybody's in line on their phone. And not that I love the small talk, but where is that? You know, nobody's sitting there. Nobody's standing in line having these small conversations. They're all on their phones. 
or even like in the gym, everybody's on their phone. You're not chatting with anybody. You're waiting for the machine to free up, but you're on your phone. It's almost like that's the crutch. That's the that's the emotional, social, and anxious crutch to just reach for the phone, reach for the tech, reach for something else to not have to think and sit and look and observe and see what's around us. Yeah, so much so that when you're walking down the street and someone's on their phone, you like you they bump into you or something. Yeah. I mean, I've done that personally. So I, I'm, I mean, so, we, I'm like poo-pooing it, but I've also done, like when I walk my dogs in the morning, it's exactly what you said. Like some mornings I'll walk and I'll be like, you know, enjoy the outside. <laughs> uh, but most mornings I'm like, I have a routine of like Wordle and then connections, which I've just learned and then TikTok videos. And it's like, mm-hmm. who am I? <laughs> you are the TikTok generation. Yeah, I should take that. 20, 30 minute walk and just like enjoy the moment, I guess. Yeah, let your, let your brain create. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we definitely don't have time in this podcast for me to talk about how frustrating it is to walk down an aisle of a store and have someone just absentmindedly on their phone, not looking at all what's happening or crossing the parking lot and not looking at all what's going on and just, Hey, I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to walk out here because this video is way more important than me looking both ways before I cross this busy parking lot. So, I mean, I can say I don't do that, but well, that's good. I do at certain times. A gold star for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I also, it's. I think it's important to talk about too that boredom, there is that piece of like uninterest, give me this, fast yes. moving. But I also think there are other ways. And I think this is where it gets challenging for teachers and service providers to understand sometimes where boredom comes from. Because you mm-hmm. can also have your super bright kids who move through material quickly or who understand it much di- at a much different pace than other kids. You also have kids who have executive functioning issues who don't know how to get started on the task. Yeah. And you also have kids who have low self-esteem and are avoiding it. So I think that's where things become a little bit challenging because it's not always about like, you're not entertaining me, so I'm not doing this. Oh, 100%, yeah. And I think that's where things get really challenging and you start to see behaviors more. And then you start to see that on repeat because you, you're not actually figuring out what the actual problem is of them saying they're bored or them expressing their board or walking away from it or, you know, any of those things. Right. Cause I mean, we often say with like, again, with my students, it's I'm bored actually means like, it could be like, you know, these five other things. What does that actually mean? Does it mean you're not sure what to do? Does it mean you need help? Does it mean, uh, can you just say that again? Can you show me exactly what you mean? So I think it's incumbent upon the person educating that student in the moment, whatever, in whatever setting that may be, to, well, first of all, we should show some enthusiasm about whatever we're teaching and working on, right? Like if I'm not enthusiastic about what I'm doing, why should anyone be enthusiastic about what I'm doing? But you have the enthusiasm, you have the energy, And you're also doing all the things that we've talked about in other podcasts, like all of those executive functioning strategies that you're doing so that kids are really ready to receive that information. And like, you can meet every kid where they're at, which again, is a a tall task, but sussing out essentially, what is the reason for that reaction? Is it purely that they're just not interested in what you're doing today? They got other stuff on their mind. I mean, it could be so many things and that's where we have to really understand and know our, our students and where this could be coming from. But I think when you have that preparation, the previewing, um, structuring it, breaking it down, showing exactly what the steps are, that may help kids not respond with I'm bored because, 
hey, you have, or like, when you feel this way, here are some things you can do. And giving them those answers, like sometimes kids just don't know how to fill that time. And that's a big piece of teaching them how to fill time. Like I say a lot to my students, there is not going to be a time in your life where everything is just the way you want it to be, how people are responding the way you want them to. You get to just do the fun things you want to do. So how can we get you to feel successful about this and be engaged in this? And oftentimes, more often than not, I do find once they see what it is they're doing and they have that experience with it, you're getting less of that reaction if it's truly coming from like a more of an executive functioning um origin, you know, it's then you typically get kids that are like, oh, well, now that I see how to do this, I'm not so resistant to it. Well, yeah. And I think too, some kids just don't have the language mm-hmm. for other emotions right. or yeah. feelings. And so it's like, I'm bored. And it's like, I just remember so much being like, you're not bored, you're X. Yes. And then right. I would like know the kid. I'd be like, that's not boredom. That's X. Mm-hmm. That's not boredom. That's you're hungry. Sad about something. You're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> like there are just so many other pieces of it. I mean, one thing I used to do and I would have on hand and it would teach independence was I'd have a huge packet of like fun little activities, like anything from word games to number type games to executive functioning, matching type activities and stuff for people, for kids just to have when they were done. And mm-hmm. so like, and it would say it literally the, the board binder, the folder was called, I'm bored. What yeah. can I do? Yeah. And the kids could open it and pick whatever pages. And I'd usually, once I got to know the kids, I'd be able to like add other stuff in that they were interested in. Right. But it just taught those transition skills and those sh- ability to be like, all right, I'm done. Now I should do X, Y, and Z. Now I can do, you know, mm-hmm. Um, and for your kids that really have, I feel like another, I mean, I don't want to get in trouble for saying her name because I feel like we've gotten in trouble on social media, but like, uh, Michelle Garcia winner has a really like, Trademark. A- Trademark. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is her materials. She does some really good stuff on, on, on boredom. Um, I mean, obviously they're geared towards kids who are more, um, high functioning autism or autistic, um, autism one social communication disorders, nonverbal learning, et cetera. Um, but you can use it for anyone. I mean, I feel like we've used it for any, mm-hmm. any student, um, yeah. neurotypical or not. And um, she, do- she has some great lessons on, on teaching boredom, teaching the feeling of boredom and all of that stuff. So I don't know. I felt like that was helpful with like a poster too. Yeah. That you could have. <laughs> so Right. I mean, it, it's, again, it's, this is something I just think we're seeing more and more. It's because there's another piece I feel like that fits in is patience is having, and again, these I'm teaching my students a lot of this stuff, but like almost like it does, it sounds mean, but like almost purposefully like ha- wait, waiting to call on them longer or like, oh, you have this idea and I couldn't get to you right away. Like what else could you do? Could you tell someone else? Could you write it down? Could you, you know, how can you remember what you wanted to ask me? Because it, this is not, again, this, this, sort of instant gratification. I think it all plays together. That like immediate, I want an immediate response. I want an immediate, you know, assist with this. I want you to answer this, to tell me this right away, right away, right away. Well, let's practice waiting and looking at people's body language. Like if that person is not ready to think about you because they're looking at someone else, we shouldn't just keep saying their name over, you know, practicing that patience. And I think that I definitely see is something that, 
challenges the educators in my setting are kids that really immediately just go to like, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, like without that self-starter ability. And so we talk a lot about how can you find ways to increase that independence and that ability to be patient and wait while also addressing the kids that really need something different and modified so that you are not constantly running around, you know, banging your head off the wall, trying to, you know, meet everyone's needs in this small moment of time. When I think that goes, that goes right along with like self, the self-management skills Mm -hmm. and like the being able to identify where you are and having a teacher help you get started. And then the teacher saying like, okay, I'm going to be back in five minutes when, and I'm going to see where you are on this. So Mm -hmm. please wait in teaching that patience, you know, instead of them immediately being like, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So there's a lot, there's a lot of the strategies to help with boredom often help other areas Yes, as well. So I mean, nothing quite um, sparks up my day than when I'm running a group in a classroom and I immediately before even opening my mouth, I get, I'm bored. This is boring. I need a break. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. You don't even know. Or my other favorite is I've done this before. I'm like, I for 100%, I am 100% sure you have never seen this before because I have never taught this before. This is brand new and you've, you know, you've never done it, but it's like all the catchphrases like, oh, this is the worst. Oh, I've already seen this before. Nope, 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 nope. Let's just try it. I always try to practice the keep it neutral, disengage, like, oh, well, let's just see what happens. Let's figure it out. But yes, the, 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 Entitlement to protest feels sometimes a little strong, but yeah, you know, me being old school, that's what I'm working on is understanding it's just a different world. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to do. <laughs> you got to be flexible, Raleigh. Gotta I got to be-, be flexible. I'm working on my flexibility. All right. So I have a, would you rather question for you okay. um, for today? Kick it old school here. Um would you rather only be able to whisper or only be able to shout? Oh boy. Um, this is really loaded for me with my um, Italian whisper. Um, <laughs> let's see. I guess whisper, but that still feels uncomfortable because I probably would have to get very close to people. Yeah. But I feel like it's less obnoxious. So I'll go with whisper. I feel like both are making me chuckle right now. Just yeah. <laughs> Only be able I feel to- like I'm already always shouting, so yeah. you have a naturally loud voice. I have a naturally projective. I'm not, I can really project my voice well. I feel like this is a situation. One of the only times we've had a "Would you rather" where we agreed. We've only agreed a couple of times. Yeah, and I agree on whispering. Okay, I think I'd rather just whisper. I would just I the people coming close to me would be hard, but. When especially if you had to get close to their ear every time. Yeah, shouting would just, I feel like, make me laugh. Then I'd worry about my breath. Did yeah. it, it was oh, yeah. breath. No, there's a lot maybe, that goes Maybe I am changing my mind. Um, <laughs> but anyway, thanks everyone for sticking with us. I know we've been sort of on and off track. It's been, a, am sure, as you all know, a very um, intense year. I, feel, I felt like the further we got away from COVID, the more back to so sort of normal it would get and I just feel like it hasn't at all I don't know how you were feeling Raleigh in your setting yeah I agree I mean it's I think we're trying to just figure our way through the new normal still um so we'll get there yeah thanks everyone for listening feel free to um send us some ideas or thoughts on um what you want to hear um at unstuck podcast one facebook and Instagram. Um, 
And yeah, have a good afternoon. Bye. Bye.